Good evening, good morning, wherever you may be. And welcome back to the Sport Cap with Ryan and Jeremy. Today we're going to be diving into our our power rankings, look, focusing this week on the bottom eight teams, and then obviously taking a little peek into the Charity Shield this weekend and what our predictions are for the game and what we're uh, thinking about betting on. Um, Ryan, first things first, what cap you got on today, mate? <laughs> Mate, I've got the same as you. I've got our, our mm. Danny Ricardo McLaren 2021 edition, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Beautiful kind That's of correct. lime green color. Would you call it that? Uh, absolutely. Fluoro lime green. Fluoro maybe? lime green. Yeah, sounds faster. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen their, their new cars for this year, the, the library yeah. with the blue? and yeah, that was obviously why the cup ended up on the head. Getting excited already for the Formula One. Um, it's going to be a good year, another interesting year. So much drama at the end of last year, um, and then all the new cars coming out, new regulations. It's going to be a, it's going to be another cracker. I think it was a great season last season. Uh, I think this year's going to be also very interesting. Michael really Massey got the boot. Yeah, yeah, poor guy. But I guess he had to go. I don't think there was any other any other way after that sort of controversy. I no. think someone had to take the fall. And, of course, um, he's a guy at the top. So, yeah, it's it's sad for him. But, um, yeah, whatever your, your take is on it, I don't think there was any other way that it was going to finish, really. Yeah. Any early predictions on a world champion or a constructor? Yeah, it's tough. Um, obviously, you want to back McLaren, but it's, I don't know. It's still too hard to go against Red Bull or Mercedes till, um, yeah, until you get proven otherwise. Um, but it's going to be an interesting year with uh, Russell and Hamilton and the two Brits driving for Mercedes. I don't know. I, I think... Yeah, I, I hope to see. I like Russell, so I hope to see that he's gonna might be in the fight, and mix things up a little bit, and maybe steal some results from the others. Um, but I think it's a bit too hard to tip against uh, Verstappen or Hamilton. I'm not brave enough. <laughs> Neither <laughs> am you, I, mate? mate. Neither am I. No, I, I think uh, <laughs> Russell definitely takes some points off off both Hamilton and Verstappen, um, and if the McLaren rebuild can generate a bit more pace, then they'll be right on there. But, yeah, we spoke about this a, a month or two back. I think Ferrari are uh, a little bit of a, a dark horse. Is that a pun? <laughs> but, yeah, um, right. <laughs> but, Definitely uh, a pun. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, those those two drivers and, if, and they, they've put a lot of work into, you know, getting back to the top of... The constructors and I thought the, the two these two drivers have great talents and I think they have the, the opportunity to really push for it if if the car can compete. Yeah, I think science was a quite achiever last year. Um, he did a he did a really great job. I think uh, he was on the podium a, a heap of times. He finished most races. 
Um, so he's strong. Um, I think everyone, all the main focus was on Leclerc, but he did a great job in the in the Ferrari. So yeah, you're right. I hope so. I hope it's a. I hope the field evens out a little bit, and you get one of these crazy battles where there's where there's a lot of teams involved instead of this two horse race that um, that's been going on for the last few years. Uh, but anyway, man, back to the footy. Back uh, to the footy. A good weekend. A, a good weekend last weekend. Uh, I guess we can touch a little bit on uh, your thoughts on the All Star Game, and um, it was a great event. Uh, I think it's it is always a successful event, and it. It's the popularity has been building and building, and I like the the statements at the end of the game, possibly moving over to New Zealand. They're putting on a lot of pressure to to do that. I think it's great. It's a great spectacle. How much insight it gives us into the season is is another thing. Um, but the intensity was was huge. Like it was, it did give you a little bit of that origin feeling, and you think, oh. How many coaches are just closing their eyes with their hands in their faces watching, watching it because it was for a preseason game. It was it was intense. Yeah, and I think that it it goes off the back of that training or the the camp that they had in the build up to the game. These players were together for quite a long time and training in the gym and getting out in the park. And mate, I was just like you. I was very surprised in the 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 tempo and the. The you know the hard hits and you know they were going hell for leather. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, gives yeah. you a real taste oh, of what's what's to come. And I think that the the what we could take out of it is you could see that uh, players like Fafida uh, you know dropped a few kilos, really put the effort in the preseason training. Um, mm. Nico Hines really you know taking the game on I, I felt he was a little bit lost in the last five minutes when the game was on the line but yeah he's putting himself in a position to try and and take that next step uh, so there were a few things you take out of that game and you hope that they transfer into the season and it'll be interesting to see how these players react when they go back to their clubs yeah absolutely it was yeah man i think the, the weather made it even a little bit more interesting but, but you're right. Um, I was also had a big focus on Nico Hines and how he was going to play in the in the halves, and I I think he did a a, a great job. Um, but like you said, in the end, he maybe didn't have that composure. But the ball hasn't been in his hands in those situations before under Craig Bellamy. Really, it's gone to others. Um, so that's something obviously that he'll develop. But his kicking game was great. There was a lot of talk about his long kicking game, but I think even his short kicking game was good. Um, and his ball movement was, yeah, was was smooth. Um, and then I also liked <laughs> Rapana was in the centre of everything. But he looked he looked awesome as well. So much energy, hunger, hunger to get his hands on the ball. Um, so I think that's going to be a big a big thing for the Raiders this year. Um, but we'll dive into that a little bit a little bit later on in the show. Uh, yes. But let's get into the charity charity shield, man. Um, another big game. Some interesting results when you're looking at some of the past years. Uh, it's been a long time since the Dragons have won. I think we said 2012. So it's a lot of games with a draw in 2015. Otherwise, the Dragons haven't haven't been in it. What are your thoughts? Where do you think it's going to go this year? Yeah, they won't be in it in this year either. They're they're way off the mm-hmm. mark and. 
you know, a lot will depend. The final score will depend on what teams the coaches decide to put out on the park. Uh, historically, they have put their their players out at least to begin the game. Uh, last year, a lot of the the main Souths players were subbed off at halftime, but they'd built quite a, a good lead at halftime. So I, I expect. Um, the majority of the the A grade players to be playing the game, and I, I can't believe the lines only at seven and a half. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'd be I'd be thirteen plus here on South if that um, bet was available on on bet three six five here in Sweden. So I'm yeah. I'm all over South in this game. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. But it is a big, it's a change of the guard at South. Um, it's going to be interesting how direct they play and how much ball control and time in possession they can have and repeat sets without uh, Reynolds. I think he's going to be a big, big loss for South. Very important, important loss. So, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. interested in this game. Yeah, exactly. And as you said, you know, Reynolds was the the direction guy in this team he he pushed him around the park and the the backs and Cody Walker has played off off of him and he allowed them to to shine and the Rabbitohs lived in the 20 the opposition 20 and they was mm. you know great at scoring points last year um, mm. they scored the second most amount of points in the league so I mm. think you know the this game if if the players are allowed to play and and they've given a, a bit of free reign. I don't think that the loss of Adam Reynolds will affect South uh, as much as what the Dragons just being shit <laughs> is going <laughs> to mean. The result will end up, you know, in the Rabbitohs' favour. With by, uh, I mean, like I said, I'd, I'd take thirteen plus here if it was available. Yeah, the average, um, the average margin over the the past eight games has been 11 points. Okay. Which is a bit of a, a hint to where, where we could end up. Uh, and if yeah. you look at the total as well, you know, if you want to, looking at key numbers and stuff like that, if you if you think that uh, you want to go the over on a handicap, then you want obviously to have a large total uh, to give that opportunity for, for the line to cover. And the average total points of these games over the past eight games is uh, 44 points. So there's a lot of uh, margin for the margin, you could say. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's very interesting when you're looking at putting down your bet. Um, Yeah, if you're having these high totals, especially in these type of games where players can get subbed off if there's big leads so there's there's always going to be plenty of plenty of points from one team or the other or both um usually the way to go if there's good weather and great conditions so yeah what i'm looking at i i think i'm just a little bit more unsure about how the rabbits are going to go in their first game without without reynolds um and also latrell being out um, so I'm looking more at just taking the spread at um, I, I, here in Sweden on bet three six five you can get a, a three way spread um, where the draws involved so you can get a little bit more value it goes to minus eight 
and then you get the 195. So I'm looking at that to just to make it more of a, a little bit of a safer bet, um, but still think there's going to be uh, a big scoreline there and most likely a bigger spread than the minus eight. But I'm looking at the value and the, and the quality of the bet there. So uh, my money is definitely going to go on the minus eight. It's a good bet, mate. I think uh, we'll both get up on that. Oh, I hope so. It'll be a good way to start the year, man. Build the kitty straight away. That's it. Okay. Uh, you touched a bit about on our power rankings earlier. We've uh, got yeah. on the the socials, uh, the Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, and put out our power Do rankings. You say for the our, Twitter? Our... Is it called the Twitter and the, <laughs> the Facebook Twitter? or what? <laughs> when and, you're and, born and the in the 80s, you can call it. big call as well. Memes, memes. <laughs> memes, 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 and the Twitter and the Facebook. Anyway. <laughs> the Twit book. But it was so good that we could you can just upload them all on this all with the one click. It's you know oh, today's technology. Imagine if we had mm. this when we were kids. Yeah, <laughs> we're still kids. What are you talking about? Well, we'd be in jail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. So we put uh, our um, our power rankings out, and uh, we focus on the bottom eight to begin with because it's a bit yeah. more. Um, a bit more discussion points around this, and I think you have the two uh, the two blocks. You have you know the, the upper echelon of the the bottom eight and the the lower echelon uh, with not much future. But uh, when we did our power rankings, we we looked at a, uh, a few different things. We looked at how the teams finished last year, uh, what player movements have gone on, and specifically the strength of schedule coming into twenty twenty two. Um, and our, just to run quick through, if, if you haven't seen them, the Raiders, Warriors, Bulldogs, Broncos, Knights, Dragons, Cowboys, Tigers, in that order. Um, so we had a look about, uh, how that strength of schedule can affect, uh, these teams running into the, uh, the 2022 season and, and why we've kind of structured them in the, the power rankings as we have. And I'd just like to touch on, on a few of the teams. The Raiders, uh, we have quite high. We put them at number nine. They were almost into the eight, mm. but they've had um, they got a pretty tough schedule. They, they have to play three of last year's top four twice. Mm, that's rough. Um, that's rough. Mm. And, you know, with a, a, a team like they have that are a bit prone to injury, Oh, I don't really know how that's going to go for them. Mm. Then you look down further to uh, the Bulldogs and they've also got a, a pretty pretty stacked schedule. They've got to play uh, four of last year's top six twice. So that's including even the Panthers and the Rabbitohs. they got uh, two times during the season. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so I'd say they have the hardest schedule of the bottom eight teams, mm. uh, the Bulldogs. And so that could definitely affect, well, in my eyes, definitely affect their chances of pushing into the eight. I think a lot of people have them going quite high with the recruitment uh, they've had this year and the new coach and and whatnot. But I, oh, sorry, not new coach. Barrett's been there a while, but with Phil, Phil Gould coming in. Yeah. But I, I don't see them putting putting it past these top eight teams. Yeah, I think we we talked about this quite a lot when we were. Yeah, obviously discussing it, it's 
I was I wanted to have them a little bit higher, but then when we when we sat and chatted about it, and you look at how they're starting, and it's obviously a a big big change within their squad, and yeah, I think if they if they lose a couple of games, it's going to be really hard to get to keep the positivity in the room um, and keep their momentum. I think if they can if they can do well in a couple of these games, it can be a completely different story. They can they can move up higher, but you just don't see that with so many new faces. Even no matter how good the players are, you you need to have that chemistry, and it's much easier to build chemistry when you're winning football games. So if they if they drop a couple early, I'm worried for them, and I think that's why we we ranked them down, um, yeah, a little bit lower than maybe what some other people would have ranked them, and also even what I thought myself beforehand. Yeah, that that nine, ten, eleven, and kind of twelve spot. Um, were difficult to place. You know, the Raiders, Warriors, Bulldogs, Broncos, and even to a certain extent the Knights. But, you know, they're all probably within one or two wins of each other. And then even moving up into the eight, you know, Canberra were right there last year. Um, So it'll it'll be interesting. It'll be exactly like you said. uh, They'll all be hot on each other's heels trying to push for that and these early wins or losses could be quite important. Yeah. Uh, the other end of the spectrum, we have the the Dragons and the Cowboys. Um, the Dragons are only taking on three teams who finished in the top eight uh, twice. So they have a, a pretty, pretty relaxed schedule. And uh, the Cowboys, an even better one, out of last year's top four, they only played the Panthers twice. So they yeah. avoid Manly and Melbourne. Uh, and they have easily the, the easiest schedule of the bottom eight. Um, so how do you see kind of those those schedules affecting the the rankings for the Cowboys and the Dragons? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think it's the, the scheduling for the Dragons is, is is good for them. And when you when you look at their side, they like they've they're. Supposed to be coming in at the worst team in the league when you look at all the all the betting sites, but I just think that the the schedule is going to play a really big big deal for them, um, and it, it is it's all a scheduling and confidence conversation. Um, if you can get the wins, they can be moving up. But I, I just yeah, I think the dragon schedule is going to really be a positive for them. And that's why we've yeah. ranked them a little bit higher than maybe some of the other, or the betting sites at least. Exactly. That's probably one of the the biggest movers on our list compared to a lot of the other ones is the Dragons. Mm. Um, as you say, a lot of them have them coming dead last. And we spoke a little bit about the, the player recruitment um, that the Dragons have done. You know, they've lost Corey Norman, which is probably <laughs> positive, mm. but um, they've also gained a bit of experience um, which could, you know, combine with the easier schedule, it could be that extra two or three wins they need to, you know, not come last. Yeah. Like I was looking at their projected lineups. Obviously, all different websites um, have a small variations, but I've been taking my projected lineups from the sportingnews.com. Um, and you, you look at, like you said, the experience. You look at the bench that 
the Dragons have um, with George Burgess, Aaron Woods, Moses Mabai, and Francis Molo. Um, I think that's it is a big strong point if they can get enough energy out of out of their starting forwards, which which look good as well. You've got Blake Laurie playing at eight, McCullen at nine, got DeBellin coming back into the game um, at ten, and you have Sua, Sims, and Jack Burt. Um, I, I I like the Dragons much more than than I thought. When they're not a bad it's, team. It's, they're, they're not a bad not, team. They're not a bad team, but. Obviously, they're having major culture issues, um, the energy there. And I think we saw at the end of the season like last year, their, their will to win and will to work for each other is a, is a big problem. Um, but you throw like Tyrell Sloan also coming in and playing the number one instead of Matt Dufty move, after he moved on to the, the Bulldogs. You saw in the, in the All-Stars game how much talent he's got so I don't know. I don't, I don't see them uh, being being the wooden spooners this year at all. Um, I think they're gonna. Yeah, I, I don't see them fighting for the eight either. But um, I think they've got a lot more talent than they've recruited well. Um, you've got a little some of these older guys that maybe can start to show build that culture, that winning culture again, and working for each other, which is really really important. Um, it's just a matter of if they've got gas in the tank um, to how well they're going to go and how quickly they can uh, f- flip their team on their head and, and start getting a bit of positivity going through the club again. Um, how do you see them if, you know, these first three or four weeks, they got the Warriors first up, then they got the Panthers, Sharks and Eels. Even though they have the easiest schedule over the season of this bottom eight, if they don't get away to a good start here, how do you feel that kind of um, sentiment will be in the club with those expectations? Yeah, it is a a tough start, isn't it? Um, So you hope, obviously, that these the older players, more experienced players, can can keep the calmness within some of the younger in the group and. Hopefully, um, the coaching staff can hold them together, really, and and say it's a long season and we need to work our way through this. And that's a part of the the so-called rebuild, I guess, for them is um, getting through that tougher time. So it might be a good thing that they get rid of some of these tough matchups and then things start to get a little bit easier for them. Um, But it is it's all it's all about mentality and. But if they can look at positives and go, we get some of these tougher games out of the way and then start getting a few wins up their sleeve and get a little bit of a roll on somewhere in the season, um, we might see them doing better than what most people think. Another big matchup in these first few rounds is the, the Bulldogs and Broncos. So they play each other in round two, then again in round seven. You know, that that kind of two or four point swing mm. could mean quite a, a big difference in the, at the end of the season. How do you kind of feel that that round two matchup, will they be thinking that far ahead that, you know, they're on, they're in that same level or same area of the, the ladder of each other and they need to win that game that early to get the upper hand? I, I don't think you can focus that far ahead. 
Um, you always hear that common cliche of taking each week as it comes. Um, but it is something you have to do. Uh, even, even there's so many possibilities and so many different variables, so many different things that can happen where both of these teams, especially like the Broncos and the Bulldogs, can we have them ranked there um, in 11th and 12th. Um, but both clubs could end up worse or they could even be in the hunt for the top eight if they if you stay away from getting injured and get a few wins. So I, I don't really think you can be looking at it so early. Um, Brisbane, obviously, are also having a small rebuild um, with Adam Reynolds moving in, so it's going to be interesting to see how, how that goes. Um, I think it's one of the, the biggest talking points of the year is how Brisbane are going to um, get back the pride of, of Red Hill and with Adam Reynolds leaving that leading that charge I think it's going to be a, I think it's a really interesting talking point this year and for me even though I'm a Gold Coast fan I think that I'm, I'm excited and I think that um, I hope it goes well for them because it's it's not good for the league that Brisbane are are fighting uh, there amongst the bottom, the bottom four. I think it's important for the league that Brisbane are a strong club. Um, so I hope it goes well. And it's they've done, have got some interesting movement as well. Um, with yeah, Adam Reynolds coming, you've got Branko Lee, uh, Pereira, and even bringing in Ryan James. I think is a is a key signing for them. Um, got a lot of young players, and I think the stability that Ryan James can give and the leadership. Obviously, he was the captain of the Gold Coast for a long while there and then has been down in the down at the Raiders. And when he is healthy, he's a very key player on the field. But I think his leadership is going to be very, very important for this club as well. Um, so I... Yeah, I don't agree. I think he, he was loaned out to another club last year. He doesn't get any minutes. He's I think he's too old. I think the Brisbane are in trouble. I mean, they've signed Adam Reynolds. They were probably in the behind the scenes trying to get Wayne Bennett back. Kevin Walters, I think he's lost the change room. I reckon Brisbane are in trouble. And I don't see them getting any better this year than what they were last year. Mm. Um, possibly in the next two or three years with that young squad if they can manage to get the culture. But, man, they're in trouble, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, I see it all where you're coming from but I think it's just going to be yeah time will tell but time I'll, will tell and I think the Bulldogs will be um, be having an eye on this game in round two because after you know they've got the Cowboys first then the, the Broncos then they got the Seagulls the Storm the Panthers and the Rabbits all in a row so they're going to Trent Barrett and that and Phil Gould will be on top of things to get those first two wins to at least give them a few points in the bank. Mm. Because if you go on that, you lose one of those first two and then you lose the, the next four as maybe predicted or, you know, you can maybe jag one. Mm. And that's that's like a quarter yeah, of the season yeah. gone. And, yeah, then they're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, but I think um, in, in, after that... Mm, sorry. Yeah, like in, in the... 
context in terms of of worrying about them fighting for position in the top half of the bottom eight. I don't think they're focusing on that, but I think as for, for Canterbury as a whole, um, yeah, needing to win those first couple of games is is really really important for them, especially if they go on a skid against those top six teams. Yeah, one of the things the teams to to watch out for here in the bottom eight, the bottom half of the their power rankings is the Warriors. Yeah. Um, they've got a pretty easy start to the to season. They got the Dragons, the Titans, the Tigers, and the Broncos. Um, how do you see? You know what, what could what could happen with the Warriors that could you know mean they either maybe jump up a few spots or or maybe even fall down a few spots. I think staying healthy is important for them. Um, you've got Sean Johnson coming back, and we know how his history is. Um, they've taken him there, um, obviously, to bring some stability and some leadership with some of these younger guys. You've got some like some really key superstars with Tavita Harris and Reese Walsh, and I think they need, obviously, someone like Sean Johnson that has the experience he's played in the big matches. He's, he's calm and collected. I think he needs to stay on the park. If he can stay on the park, then... Um, then they can be a surprise packet. Absolutely. They can be pushing, pushing on the door for a top eight spot. Um, but yeah, I could, that's key that Johnson is there. They obviously have Ash Taylor in their back pocket as well. Um, but he's too. Do you he'll get the start? No, nah. no, nah, I don't think so. I think they've got to go. They've got obviously Tavita Harris can play in the halves and, and Johnson, I think they they have to go with that. It's obviously a big thing for the fans as well. Um, they're two players that the that excite the Warriors fans. So I think that they have to uh, they have to start, and then it'll be a matter of seeing where Ash Taylor fits in. He's not on the big money anymore. He's anymore. He's got no pressure on him. He can. You just never know with him. It's very, very unpredictable what's going to happen. But I, he had a tough time on the Gold Coast. Dealt with a little bit with depression and feeling that pressure of being so marquee up there. Um, so it could be very good. Like Maddie Johns has been a big, big fan of um, Ash Taylor since he was a kid and and see has seen the potential in him. So it was a shame it didn't go his way on the Gold Coast. But um, so you just never know. He could be pushing on the door. And like I said, here the Johnson's obviously injury prone and he could get a good, get a game there. But I think um, if he does, I hope he, yeah, he has the potential to be an absolute firecracker, but he also has the potential to just disappear in the background and you not even know he's on the park. If all those fails, they can always chuck Adam Fanua Blake into the number six and he can tear it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah He's yeah. in my fantasy team. Number all one right, pick. Number one. All right. Look out. Fantasy was hard, man. Fantasy's. Uh, yeah, I haven't a... haven't filled my team yet. I've still got, I think, three spots to fill and only 300,000. So I have to re- redo it. Yeah, I put together a little draft of, yeah, of players, but I think you always have to wait until. You can't take it seriously till Tuesday the week before when you know all the cheapies that are going to start and then you can start 
get all those in, everybody you need, and then build your team from there. But oh, I got a little draft, but we'll see. It wasn't easy. There's a lot of money. No, all the, never all, is. All, all the guns are too expensive. Stay away from turbo. Uh, or, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to talk <laughs> fantasy on another on a pot in a couple of weeks. Another night. Uh, Mate, some of these teams that we've put down the bottom here, you know, we spoke about a bit earlier that they could have maybe um, been in the top eight or that they could be pushing for that top eight spot. Mm. But when we look at it a little bit um, and say, okay, well, what, what are they missing? Mm. Yeah, why are they down the bottom what don't they have compared to a top eight team or one of those fringe top eight teams like the Titans or the Sharks or um, the like? You know, why why have we put these teams down the bottom? Yeah, when I've been sitting and doing my analysis of the teams, a, a lot of uh, I've found the recurrence of of stability in the halves and depth. Um, I think you're looking at the Tigers, and I know we discussed who was who we were going to make as our wooden spooners. So we talked about that quite a lot, and I felt pretty strong that with Jackson Hastings coming in, um, I don't, I don't know, I, I, I see, I don't see. He's been always been too much trouble. He obviously did really, really well when he was overseas. Um, but I think his the uncertainty around him and Luke Brooks now needing to take on more of a leadership role and take that. Uh, yeah, he's he Luke Brooks has to be the the go to man at, at the Tigers now, and I'm I'm not certain that he can take that role and and succeed. So that's why we had the Tigers down there. Um, and with Dewey injured as well to start the season, it's going to be a massive um, hole to fill for Hastings if he's thrust into that sixth role or even just for Luke to, to steer their team around the park because Dewey's, Dewey's kicking game was, is fantastic. Yeah. And to lose that um, to start the season, it's uh, – well, yeah. That's, they're, they're lacking leadership – quality and stability in the the club it felt like that you know were they going to keep Maguire were they not going to keep Maguire they brought Tim Sheens into as a kind of consultant mm. to to write the ship but mm, nah, not enough in my opinion how do you think what are your true feelings on the chemistry between Maguire and Sheens having two of these big time coaches there um, how do you think that's going to affect them I think Maguire's smart enough to to realise that if he wants to keep his job, he has to fall in line. Mm. Um, he's done it previously, and and he knows how how rich the culture is uh, at this Tigers club. You know, even though the Bow Main side of it's kind of pretty much fallen away for the most part now, but you know their their fans are really vocal and you know they they show up and they let them know what they think you know that the tigers were booed off the field a number of times over the past few years and mm. and mad just copped a lot of um criticism in the media for his his coaching style and, and the lack of success that mm. they've had at the tigers mm. so i think if, if he wants to keep his job he'll fall in line um and i think the dynamic is 
probably built there if if Sheen's can has been able to come in and and just be a bit a bit of a mentor and stabilize the the ship then you know that could be beneficial for them but I don't think it's enough for them to to for it to translate into on-field success mm. straight away it's I mean they don't have the personnel for it mm. and what it, like I'm just thinking now like with Dewey was he playing as in the halves at the end of last year I think he was in the six, yeah. Yeah, and then Luke Brooks was playing in the seven, and then you had Dane Laurie playing in the one. I wonder how that's going to go now once once he gets healthy. How their halves and uh, fullback position is is going to play out? Because Laurie was a a surprise packet last year. He did a really great job there in the one. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to work with the six and the seven once once Dewey gets healthy. And then you've got Tyrone Peachy coming off the bench as well. Um, obviously, he can play in the halves. He also can play in the centres or the or in the second row. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they use, use all of these sort of playmakers, I guess. Um, and then if they can get any action out of them and get the ball out wide, they picked up Cam Mamalo from the Warriors, um, which I think is a good thing. So you've got Nopalomu on the, on one wing and Mamalo on the other. So um, if they have any strength, I think it's I think it's in the one, two, and five. Um, but it's a matter of getting the service to them and getting James Roberts in in form. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't have a lot of faith yeah. in it, um, and I think it. No faith at all. No, and I think it goes into the same with the Cowboys, and the Dragons for that matter. Um, you've got Townsend moving up to North Queensland, um, and then you've got Drinkwater with him. Uh, the big news is that Holmes is going to move in the centres, and then you've got uh, who? How do you say it? Tabawi Fido um, playing in that fullback. Um, I think it's a good move. It's, it's pretty crazy when you think that you've got Holmes moving into the centres um, when he's such a good ball player. But I think at the end of the year when they when they did that, it it was it became a positive for them. Um, but yeah, like putting these these teams down in the bottom, it's yeah you've got Townsend and Drinkwater. I, I like Townsend as a player. He's he's got a good control kicking game, but. Um, I think the creativity and ball movement, it's just like you just don't see where do they find points. Um, and it's also a little bit of problem there with the Dragons as well. So, um, you... Obviously- yeah, the Cowboys need to be better when, they're, when they play their away games. They've only won last year two mm. of their 12 uh, away games. Mm. And that doesn't cut it to be anywhere near the top eight. No. Um, so... That's something I believe they need to really improve on is their their travel. Yeah. Yeah. The Dragons, I I think we spoke about them. We touched on them a bit earlier, mm. but their their lack of kind of direction, and they've had a bit of a turnover with with coaching and a bit of um, uh, what do you call it? I can't think of the word in English. Uh, instability around their coaching now they've they've signed him for the next three years so they've tried to kind of double down to to say okay we believe in you we want to get that out of the way so there's no focus on that to start the year we want to focus on playing and winning 
but I don't think it's enough to really drag them out of that that bottom spot. They really need the the on field group to gel. Yeah, and I, I just I don't think the the coach is creative enough to. You know, we haven't seen it. No, it hasn't really been effective anywhere. So yeah, I don't. Even though we we said the Dragons do have a pretty good team on paper, they've got good quality players. Yeah. Whether that can transfer to on-field success, I'm a bit doubtful. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, and then we, yeah, Ben Hunt in the. It's also always a talking point when you're talking about St George. So you see how his year goes and his confidence levels. But yeah, I think that's why. Yeah, my main analysis of these teams sitting down the bottom there, um, it's. It, a lot has to do with the halves and and cultural issues. Um, yeah, one of the teams we haven't spoken about is the, the Newcastle Knights. No. I think um, they're one of the teams that really needs to keep their best players on the park. They've had a lot of trouble with injuries f- for a lot of years, and I don't know whether it's their strength and conditioning that they maybe need to do over, or whether they've just had a run of bad luck. But if they can't they don't have uh, a great depth of superstars. They have good young talent, mm. but it doesn't. You know that that's not going to win you. Not going to win you NRL games. No. So for mine, they need to they need to keep their best team on the park as long as possible. Mm. And we know that Pong is pretty injury prone as it is. Yeah, and then you look at Bradman Best, also injury prone. Dane Gagai, uh, also injury prone and a little bit older. I think Mitch Barnett had a couple of concussions. Same with Fitzgibbon. Um, so the first choice hookers already out for the season. Yeah. You know that's yeah. <laughs> so they're already it's behind the eight ball to start this to start. That's right. And you even saw in the trials. Like we don't know how much weight obviously you put on these trial games, but you saw Caelan Ponga getting his hands on the ball. But I think it's. I'm worried that he's going to burn himself out and he's going to get hit a lot. They know that he's the centre of their creativity when you've got Jake Clifford and Adam Clooney in your halves. I think Caleb Pong is going to play more of that pivot role, a little bit like what Tedesco does at the Roosters and you're getting his hands on the ball a lot. Um, I think a lot of teams are going to target him. Um, so he's going to take – he got smashed on the weekend. Um, and I think that's going to happen a lot because it's it's a, almost like an easy read for the defensive line. And when you're sitting and looking at tapes it, the in the week before the game, you, you can see and start to predict his movements. Um, so I think, yeah, they're going to need to be really, really careful with Ponga this year. And I'm, I don't know, I'm worried about him, worried about him for origin because I, I don't think he's going to be on the park enough. Unfortunately, it was a hectic hit. Hectic hit he got on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Bulldogs. Yeah. Massive. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, uh, it's a worry. We've touched, we've touched on the the Bulldogs a bit, the Broncos. Um, you know, we had quite differing opinions on on the Broncos. Mm. I still believe they they lack the experience, the maturity to win uh, over the season. Uh, do you have anything more to add on on the the Broncos or the Bulldogs? Uh, yeah, like I don't know. We, we've I think we've touched a lot on on the Bulldogs and the pluses and, and minuses of their team. Obviously, um, got a lot of stars, but they need to gel. Um, 
and create the right culture. And if Barrett's the man to do that, obviously Phil Gould's going to be involved in that a lot. Um, so that's where their season lies. Um, the Broncos, yeah, their depth, their depth in the forwards is is under a little bit of pressure now. It's been sort of their strong point if they've had anything the last couple of years, but obviously losing Matt Lodge and they lost to Vita Pangai Jr. Um, I think that their depth in their forwards can be a little bit of a problem. Um, but, yeah, I, I like their, their signings uh, when it comes to Branko Lee and Jordan Pereira. Um, I think if Pereira can stay healthy, um, he's a real danger. And Branko Lee spending a couple of years down in Melbourne is only going to be good for him. So he could also be very, um, very solid for them. Um, but I, he pretty much resurrected his career down yeah. there. Yeah. So I think it's big. Like that's why I see the positive out of it. But maybe it's because I want to see the positive out of the Brisbane Broncos. Um, but it'll just be interesting to see. And I think they are still a. a couple of years off um, being a success again, like you said, but I hope it just stays on the on the up. Um, I think... Uh, yeah. What are, what are your thoughts uh, for the, on, on the Raiders, man? They're pushing for a top eight spot, but what, what were the things that made us think, besides their strength of schedule, is there anything else um, that's pushed... They need to stay watch? healthy, mate. They... They they can't keep their players on the park. Um, not not only is it injury related, but it's discipline. You know they've suspensions for on field, off field stuff. Yeah, it's just not good enough. And it was last year it was big missing out um, Nickel Clockstar yeah. for for eighteen games. Yeah. He's a magical Shit, player and games. Uh, yeah he. And, you know, we don't know. He played the trial game last weekend and did all right. He got pushed into the halves uh, with the the guys out just before the game with COVID. But he's, you know, he's fighting for that fullback, fullback spot with Savage because he's come up and shown some brilliance in the position. So I think it'll it'll push them along to, to be better. But if they can't keep their guys on the field, they've got no chance of climbing up into that top eight. Um, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I like that you touched on their discipline. Um, I think one of their key players this year, and we uh, even saw in the All-Star game, is, is Tarpany. Um, and he's had a problem um, staying on the field. He's always getting suspended. It's been nothing major, but he disappears for a couple of weeks over a couple of times of the season. And I think um, he's maturing. Um, and I think if he... If he can, yeah, take control of his discipline and, and get rid of those uh, those lazy hits, um, I, it, it needs it'll be a positive for them. Um, and I really like the combination. I think we've I've chatted about it before on our first uh, pod. Was I like the combination of Fogarty and Whiten um, a lot? I think that's gonna it can be very 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 dangerous. Um, Whiten is a is most dangerous when he's when he's running the ball. You see that in Origin when he doesn't have to focus on on kicking and and being the playmaker when he can get the ball in the centres and 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 run at the line. He becomes unstoppable. 
um, because he's got a step on him and he can also run straight and he's a big body. Um, I think with Fogarty taking uh, more control like he did at the Titans, I th- he the Titans had a, I think, ranked second in the league for re- repeat sets and I think that has a lot to do with Fogarty's kicking game. Um, so I would presume that he's going to be the guy um, taking control a lot of the kicking. White's got a big boot and can maybe boot them out of trouble, but Fogarty's going to be there controlling what's happening in the attack of 20 and giving the ball to White and where he can be the option and put a pass on or he can just run at the line. I think that's going to be dangerous. So as long as those two stay healthy, I think they're going to be, and they get a bit of discipline, they're going to be pushing for a, you could easily put them in, in seventh, not ninth, if they if they can all their players can stay on the field. And you've got Jared Croker back as well after his his operation. But you just never know how well that's gonna go. And the big question then after all of this chat about the power rankings that how does it transfer into betting? Mm. And I found some future bets that I think we could have some value yeah. on. And I'm going to read them out and then you give you a bit of opinion on what you reckon. Right. So we have a head-to-head bet with the Titans and the Raiders to uh, finish higher up on the ladder. The Titans at $2, Raiders at 180 mm-hmm. What do you reckon? Any value there? Oh, absolutely. Um, because on our ratings, I think we, well, we have the Titans sitting in seventh. Um, and the Raiders at ninth. But like I just said, not even 30 seconds ago, the Raiders could easily be higher. But I think the the Titans have proven that uh, they're a club at the right end of their rebuild now. Um, Me being a Titans fan, obviously, uh, I only see the positives. You can be still a little bit worried that they're not quite there yet. Um, but I think David Fafita, it feels like they've got a lot more maturity. I think it's a big deal that Tino has been named as captain, which is going to – I think that's a positive for them. Um, it shows that he's – He's in my fantasy team as well. Also, he's also matured. They were they were the young boys, the, the, the young sort of, yeah, larrikins, and now they're the ones that are leading the club. Um and just sort of obviously follow their their preseason a lot, and it feels like that there is that culture, and they're gonna be working for each other. And you watch sort of videos where they're doing interviews with each other, and I get a little bit of that similar feeling, like what you get with the Panthers, that they're a bunch of mates having a good time, playing great footy. Um, so I definitely think that the the Titans will will stay strong and get in. Yeah, I, I can easy take that even money bet there. All right. On to the next one. We've got the most losses. Um, we have the Tigers at 340. and We've put them down the mm. bottom, but it is a bit of a pick between the Tigers and the Cowboys. Um, Cowboys are at 550, but I think the best value could actually be the Knights. Mm. At thirteen, thirteen dollars for the most losses. The most losses in the season. All it takes right. is one or two injuries. Yep. Okay. And you're getting thirteen for that. Wow. Yeah. Could that, be a value bet. Definitely a value bet. Like you said, it's 
if yeah, they're, they're in big trouble if if Ponga goes down and they get a couple of key injuries in their forwards. If one of the Saifidi brothers uh, gets injured or you lose Clemmer, yeah, they can be they can be in trouble. The Knights definitely. It's worth throwing a throwing a bit of cash at that. Definitely, I like it. A lazy, a lazy ten yeah. on the Knights for sure. Uh, most tries. We have a host of players on the magic number thirteen dollars. Uh, Pappenhausen, Coates, Crichton, Chaboyevich, and Saab. Um, you know, 30, 13 times the money is good value for anything uh, if you think that they can produce. But I, if I'm saying, okay, well, how do you, how do I get rid of some of these players? Pappenhausen won't play a full season. He'll be out with some sort of concussion or yeah, origin yeah, or what it could never yeah. be. Coates could be a good uh, a good choice mm-hmm. here. He he should be on the end of a lot of a lot of good yeah. ball. Uh, down in Melbourne. Yeah, but you look, you Crichton. I don't on, s- on that. Like you look, he's done a complete, like a straight swap for Josh Adokar, and Adokar man had some big games, um, and and put up a, a a lot of tries in the season. I, I like Coates. Coates is explosive, um, and as long as the the Storm are playing the same game that the Storm are playing, I think they're going to have a big year. The Storm. Um, I yeah, I definitely like Coates. Actually, uh, Crichton, I don't think will score too many from the center position. Mm. And the, the Panthers normally share it around with try scoring, they get a, a fair few tries from their forwards mm. as well. Uh, Trebojevic, again, kind of similar to Pappenhausen, he'll, he'll miss a fair few games in the season with Origin and some sort of quad injury mm. or whatever he turns up with. An interesting thing here in the top. I would say 10. There's three players from Manly. Ruben Garrick punching in at 19 times the money as well, further down the list. Um, But Alex Johnson on 15. Uh, He's won the try scoring a few times previously. Could be good value at 15. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also obviously how how good are the rabbits going to go without Reynolds? As you just you just never know, and that then you've got but you've got Latrell moving in. I think Johnson we saw that combination being absolutely brutal last year with the Johnson and Latrell. So yeah, that's also a very interesting interesting bet. Hmm. So, mate, we're almost to the end. Next week we'll talk about the top eight of our power rankings, but before we wrap it up you got anything to hang your hat on this week yeah well we're definitely looking at the charity shield man um and yeah i think we hang the hat gets hanged on the on the plus eight at 195 uh, i'm gonna throw the whole bank if i'm having a bet on this game uh i'm gonna hope that we put a bit of money on that and keep play it a little bit safer than the 13 plus and hang my hat on the plus eight and and try and get a good start off to the season. What about you, pal? I was talking smack in the beginning. I I don't know why I thought that the 13 plus wasn't there, but it definitely yeah. is on bet 365 mm. and it's at 255. So I'm hanging my hat right. on that this week. Right. I'm, going f- I'm going a full oy, unit. Oy, oy. 
Um, speaking of units, uh, the Super Bowl halftime show, man, was with the the two G-unit. unit hanging upside down. What a what a cracker! I I loved it. It was a great halftime show, the best the best in a while, and I just loved all the action on the internet with Fifty Cent upside down, man, with all the memes. Um, it, it was it was great quality. It was quality. The internet doing what the internet does. It was it was awesome. It's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. It was a good little surprise that he he turned up yeah. there. Um, a, a little bit out of time in, to begin yeah. with, but he he got back up on top and yeah. um, showed his his worth. But I agree, mate. The the show was was fantastic. A bit of nostalgia yeah. and. Uh, yeah, can't go past a, a live Snoop Dogg. I love yeah, that dude. Yeah, man, Snoop Dogg's awesome. What a guy. What a hero. Um, yeah, yeah, it was great. He commentates a fair bit as well. He yeah, he does. He does, um, he does the LA Kings game sometimes. Yeah, he does like UFC, yeah. and he's done. I think he might have done a bit of baseball and a bit of foot, like NFL. Yeah. He's He's just, he's pretty sports mad, yeah. the, the old lanky yeah, dog. Just raking in the cash still, and he's smoking his smoking his smokes. I love it. What yeah. a guy! What, what a, a guy. guy! All right, mate. Thanks for uh, another great episode, um, and I look forward to next week. This will be maybe the the first first step that yeah, we publish. I think so. Yeah, it felt good. Yeah, exciting. Nice work. Uh, Have a good one, buddy. I'll speak to you.